Hello and welcome to episode number four of Inglorious Artists. I'm Peter Holland, and today I'm talking to actor Vanessa Poole, who is working on establishing English language theater in the Øresund region of Scandinavia. Here we go. that I don't know much about you when I started like doing some research like oh oh, shit I mean I know Vanessa a little bit but I don't really know what she's been doing and what was she doing otherwise except for acting and stuff and I find out you're quite fascinating aren't you (laughs) you've been uh, living in four different countries Mm -hmm. I I feel basically like an English person because that's sort of how I was brought (coughs) up and my father was an actor I think not many people know that so, and he, he was my big, um, inspiration, really. I grew up watching mm. him and he did, he did panto and he played mm. the dame and he mm. did straight parts and he was, um, uh, he did French farces and he did bedroom farces and he did Shakespeare and he did, um, a fantastic range of, of, of theater, mm. three productions at least a year. And my grandfather actually, uh, also was a performer. He also worked in the theater part time. Um, he was a, he was a deep sea diver in the second world war. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and won a medal from the king for some Really? Did. Yes. Wow. All <laughs> right. He, he was the last white man left in Alexandria and, and my grandfather and his job apparently was to blow up kind of the bastion defenses, hmm. you know, when the, the, the Germans arrived. Luckily, wow. He, he never had to press the button. Oh, all right, all right. But, okay. But he still got a medal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he was prepared. He was there. You know, he was yeah. there. He was prepared. And a performer at the same time. And a performer. And he did, uh, this is going back. I mean, this is, what is this, 20s, 30s, 40s. Hmm. He did uh, Bel Canto, you know, uh, operetta. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Uh, as well as, as theatre. So it's really. Wow. In my family. And I thought I did a lot of stuff. But I couldn't possibly be, I mean, I don't think I could be in the military or do any that kind of stuff. But, you know, that's, that's the most, isn't that the most impressive person? If you're that kind of Renaissance person, I can really do the really tough jobs and, you know, world changing, be part of world changing events and then still do the arts and be probably be good at that. Yeah. Well, I think the, the other amazing thing about my grandfather, who sadly I never met, but in those days being mm. a deep sea diver was actually, um, you know, you, you sort of were lowered down in a cage and, you know, you had like a little pipe with the air being uh, yeah, pumped yeah. by a little kind of Egyptian boy turning it like mad mm, with a handle mm, mm. on the boat. Yeah. So, I mean, this really was, you know, keep turning that handle because your life is in his hands. It, it yeah, yeah, yeah. was, was a, a shipwright he was actually. A shipwright. And he went down and okay. kind of mended the submarines on ships when they were, when they oh, were bombed. Oh, wow. So it's quite something. That would be a job that would pay so much today. <laughs> <laughs> I think not so much, perhaps. Back then, no. Back then. no. <laughs> wow. Okay, but I guess you feel like that have helped you in uh, in your acting career. That your father and your grandfather has, you know, you have that in your blood. I think so. I think so. And I think no matter how hard you try to fight it, if if you are a performer. Mm. It's there. And I think if you don't do it, or at least try, mm. or find some expression for it, mm. I think one is perhaps a little miserable, I think. All right. Yeah. Because I, 
it's not on the flip side for me, but uh, I grew up not having anybody doing any type of acting uh, or even performing or any kind of arts except for my my mom was playing the piano. She was great at that and uh, she was good at drawing and my dad was good at drawing, but I didn't really have the arts around me. But for some reason, I became interested in all that anyway. And mm. I'm not really sure why, but and I kind of fought it all the way because the grown-ups around me, they were like, Why? <laughs> why, why go? I, I wanted to educate myself, and they, they just said, "No, that's that's just silly. You should do something that you know leads to a job and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Do, do something practical." Mm-hmm. And so I, I had to, you know, try to be my own and rebel in that kind of way. Mm. And then um, my mom is uh, was adopted when she was uh, a newborn. Uh, so my grandparents that I grew up with, they were like adoptive grandparents. They were mm-hmm. not biological. And uh, just a couple of years, like five, six years ago now, um, my real grandmother, my mother's mother, uh, found found us. She, she, oh, my God. Yeah, through a genealogy site uh, online, oh. actually. And she decided to write a letter to to my mom and oh, uh, so yeah at basically old age they they found each other and it turns out my grandmother was an actor <gasps> Boom. you're you know. kidding no i it's an amazing story and oh, I, you're all, uh, make me cry <laughs> and it, it was like i i felt like oh finally there's someone you know yes you you're vindicated yeah totally. basically yeah and i loved her i mean i i got to know her just for three years before she passed away mm-hmm. but those three years i like yeah, they were good because we could bond. And oh, I, we understood each other better than many other people in my family. It's it like a play. Yeah, it is like a play. I've been thinking about writing a script about this. And, of course, she lived over by Mölln, you know. Oh, I see. Yeah. In, in Malmö. Yeah. Wow. And she's been living close to us, like, <laughs> a, a lot of time. I mean, my mom lived in, a, in another t- small town and... It turned out that her mom lived just the the area b- beside her during those years and stuff like that. You know. Oh, that's incredible! It is kind of incredible. Yeah. And of course, the question one one is prompted to ask is is of course why was was your mother given up as a baby? Or, or... Because my grandmother was just eighteen and it was out of wedlock. Uh, wedlock, yeah, exactly. And uh, that was a big shame back then, and she couldn't deal with it. You know, oh. uh, I think her father was like, no. <laughs> you got to give this up. Oh, how awful! Yeah, taken from her from maternity ward, straight straight away. Wow. And uh, and <laughs> she they have they had seen each other a couple of times uh, throughout throughout the years. They they figured out because well, my grandmother knew because she she knew who adopted the her daughter, and oh. she went to the town where they lived, and she like. That's the house. I know that's their house because she checked out the address and she she saw a, my small girl playing the in the backyard and like that's got to be her. Oh. So she just she just wanted to see when she was like by five or six or something. I don't know. And uh, at the same time, when my grandmother was touring with her theater company, they went through that town, and my mm-hmm. mom know well. I went to see that play, so I saw I saw her on stage, <gasps> not having any idea that that was her mom. That is incredible. Mm. That's incredible. Yeah. You see, that's fate. There, there has to be. There's an intertwined something. Well, we know, we know we have genetic memories. So, mm-hmm. is it because genetic memories makes you tend to go towards your, you know your predecessors or your family's your ancestors' goals or you know 
something, maybe. I, I think there's something there, I, mm. for sure. Hmm. Hmm. But what, so yeah, you are a British person, <laughs> which uh, I think the listeners can tell that my accent is going all over the place because you know I tend to adjust toward, towards whoever I'm talking to at the oh, moment. Because you're musical, that's I, you're I, a musician. That's why you have a good ear. Let's yeah, let's say that, or I don't have my own personality or something, uh, <laughs> and it just feels I don't know. If an American person comes up to me and be like, "Hey, hey man, what's up?" you know. It feels weird to me to go like, oh, it's rather fine, thank you. you know, it's, 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 and, uh, on the flip side, it's like, hey, good morning, how are you? And it just feels weird to go, yeah, yeah, it's cool, you know, know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. <laughs> it's like pulling the record needle from it. <laughs> but uh, where are you from, specifically? Well, it's a difficult question because uh, Sweden is my home now. Uh, I've lived course. here 20 years with, 20, my, yeah. Yeah, with my, my husband and my, my two lovely children. And and Malta is, is my second home. Mm. But on the other hand, I feel and I sound like an English person, and that's my culture. Yeah, m- most of all. Yeah. So it's not a, an easy question to answer. No, but you were born in. Oh, it's a long story. <laughs> is it? I, yeah, I was born three months early in a, in 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 the wrong place entirely, unplanned. Okay. Would you believe? <laughs> yeah. I was actually born. Would you believe I was born in um, in Sweden? Because my, oh. would you believe my mother has um, family on her side, a Swedish family, and she mm. decided to come and visit before the baby came because she th- thought, well, I'm 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 free, right? Uh, you know, I'll be more busy when the baby arrives. And uh, I was born three months early, so so apparently I was the smallest baby to survive, record baby for years. Well, okay. Mm, and, and they, in Sweden, and they said if oh. I'd been scheduled to have, if I'd been born in London, like I was supposed to be, uh, they said I wouldn't have lived because apparently the technology for prenatal care was so yeah. much higher in Sweden at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that I, I lived in Sweden and in, in London I wouldn't have. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Talk about fate. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> and, and then I ended up meeting a Swedish man and yeah, marrying yeah. him, which was... Which was never on the cards. Which, you, so you didn't meet him in Sweden? No, no. Oh. Not at all. And, and, and the other amazing thing yeah. is, uh, they actually said to my, my, my poor parents, they said, this, this baby is too tiny. It's practically a, a miscarriage. So they said, you know, there's no hope. Mm. So they said, go back to England, mm. carry on with your life. And this, this, this baby will, will not make it. Oh, so, okay. oh. so I was left here in a, in an incubator you, okay. for six months. Um, and, six months. And would you believe, here am I today. <laughs> no, basically I don't. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's quite incredible. It's, you know, and then they wrote after a couple of months and said, you know, she's still alive. Months, you can, you can come and pick her up now. Incredible. <gasps> And I've, it's yeah. only since I had my own babies that I realized what a horrific, uh, well, victory, triumph, but also tragedy for my mother, particularly this must have been, yeah. um, to be sort of cast between, you know, sorrow and, and hope like this. Um, and they said when she came back to pick me up, um, you know, with an empty caricot at mm. the airport, mm. they didn't recognize her. They said, what happened to you? Because she looked so different. And basically she'd been so torn. She lost what, what, all the weight. And, lost all the weight. Yeah. Uh, just smoked and drank coffee and just the anxiety ah, was, yeah. mm. you know. But of course, this is this is what I've been told. Yeah, yeah. Huh. 
Yeah, because she she must have been checking in, you know. And of course, in those days, well, we didn't have a lot of money. I mean, no. You didn't phone up the no, in no, Sweden. No, that wasn't. No. Apparently, she got no letters distance. from the the yeah. sort of the nurse. Mm. They wrote once a month. Once a month or oh, something. Right. I don't know how often. Yeah, she must have been waiting for that letter to, to show up. Oh, it's an it's another play. Yeah, yeah, Peter, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Are you uh, writing any uh, scripts? No. No, not not yet. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Yeah, because it feels like you really should be, because you, you know, language is your thing. You speak five languages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which languages are those? Not things? not all perfectly. No, no. Means. But no, no. My my Swedish is is good. Yeah, I, I I've yeah. heard it. <laughs> yeah, and I speak Italian uh, rather well. Mm-hmm. I studied Italian at, at school and then. Um, went on exchange programs and things. So my Italian is good. I also did French for seven years. Um, I speak, um, Maltese, which is the language of Malta, which is a, like a Arabic dialect, which serves me well when I'm taking taxis and ordering kebabs. Yeah. Love me. And it's great. But, uh, excuse my ignorance. In Malta, most people know English. They do. It's an ex, ex British colony. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like India in that way that a lot, most people will actually know English if you speak to them. Yeah, or no. they, they all do. Yeah. They all Gibraltar do. Yeah. Or. Uh, but you, you teach uh, English as well, don't you? I do, and theatre at college. Right. Yeah, so writing a script doesn't feel so far off. You no, know. I have too much ego at the moment. I just want to perform. Uh, <laughs> well, you can perform what you write. That's yeah. the best uh, thing, isn't yeah. it? People have asked me to direct too, but I'm, I'm also waiting with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's coming. Mm, I may, I maybe, but but I'm 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 in the limelight at the moment in right. my head in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sure. You, you got to stick to stick to doing what you want to do and uh, what feels good. And uh, you're already. I mean, as you can tell <laughs> from what you told me already, you seem to be very, very, very busy. I mean, if you are a teacher. Mm-hmm. In different things, and you do theater, and mm-hmm. you, you're like on the board of, or is it like several theater companies? Yep, um, all two of them. It's okay, uh, two and a half actually. Yes, you're right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I when I looked around, I saw so, okay, you you have something to do with the uh, the House of International Theater. Yep, in Copenhagen. Uh, yes, you fantastic. you've been a part of Why Not Theater Company. But not on the board. I just, board. just yeah. done yeah. acting. Work you were acting, yeah. yeah. And International Theatre of Malmo, of course. Yes. That's your thing. Yeah. And also I have my own small theatre group now, uh, Playmate. Playmate, yeah. With that, my, my two colleagues. It was next on my list. <laughs> Absolutely. And then down the rabbit hole. Yes. Also Copenhagen. Also Copenhagen, yeah. So in this uh, area, like the Resund region, you would call it, you are like deep into uh, English language theatre. That's closest uh, to your heart. Heart, yeah. yeah. That's my thing, yeah. 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 Small, struggling. Very small, very struggling. Yeah. But so, but how how do you feel you can juggle that? Being uh, having that as like a mission to establish English language theatre in quite a big region and several towns and cities, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and at the same time have a serious job. I mean, we we've been talking about uh, different jobs. I mean, day jobs. Let's say mm-hmm. uh, on the podcast before with other uh, other guests. Uh, but usually it's not, I mean, that's not my career, blah, blah. You mm-hmm. know, what, what I really want to do is the mm-hmm. the creative side of me, uh, the acting, the drawing music, whatever. But your job is usually another career. Sure. And, and, and I love teaching, but I don't teach full time. No. It's not a 100% teaching job. No. So that gives me some time during the week 
to dedicate to theatre. If if they paid me more for my theatre work, and this is a big hint to anybody listening, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> I would, we want to get paid, <laughs> yes, more uh, than I do, then I would be happy to to just perform full time. And I do, mm. I do, I should point out, I do voiceover work and adverts and whatever they want me to do. I'll oh yeah, I'll say, I, I you know, found some <laughs> <laughs> Tetra Pak milk cartons and oh yeah, and the shop frying pans, cold zyme, cold zyme. I see yeah. it all. Yeah. But I have to say, though, I, I should point out that there are limits. Um, I have been asked to do voiceovers for for uh, an unspecified adult channel, which I said oh, no to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's not. I don't think that's a great option. And betting companies, all these mm-hmm, online gaming, mm-hmm. which I don't particularly want to stick my voice onto, but there's quite a lot of English language voiceover work there, which I also say no to. Yeah. Because I just... I don't mind what other people do, but I, I, yeah. Oh, no. All right. You, you know, I, I'm this kind of the same. I, I understand why you want to do whatever to get out there and get paid, and mm-hmm. s- especially when you're starting out. But um, um, I also have the scruples, let's say, mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. what I'm doing. I, I like, uh, maybe it's totally stupid to say this, Mm-hmm. Uh, on recorded, but you know, I wouldn't do a McDonald's commercial because I, I don't. If I don't want to be associated with a company or support what they're doing, then I don't want to be in a commercial for mm-hmm. them. You know, uh, mm-hmm. e- even though it's probably going to be well paid, and the line is kind of blurry. Like where, mm-hmm. where, where do I think it's okay, and where do I don't? You know, sure. And uh, sure. so when I started out to be an actor, and I saw people around me doing commercials, like wh- whichever, and they were so happy to book, yeah, book whatever. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. And I, I could just hear like the comedian Bill Hicks <laughs> in the back of my head, like rolling over in his grave, like, oh, sucking Satan's cock, are we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, hmm. yeah, I don't know if that's an age thing because I today and younger people, if if you're 20 today and you're an actor, it seems like you don't have any, you don't care about whatever. Like, of course, I think it is a maturity thing, and I and I also have children, and so I don't really want them. I'm, no. I'm a role model to them too. Yeah, yeah. Um, plus, I do have my teaching job, which of course I I have. I I love teaching and. Um, and it pays the bills. So, of course, I can afford to say no to the odd job. I think if I was a single parent mm. and only relying on the performing performance work, then I would probably have to say, yes, I'm not, you know, a saint. Mm. So it's nice to have the option. Yeah. Yeah, having kids is, of course, a completely different thing. Mm. I mean, if somebody they go to school with find out that you have done something you're not proud of, they mm. might, you know, be on their case about it. Mm. Like, your mom's on an adult uh, channel, you know. That's, <laughs> Only voice, uh, may I say. Uh, well, still, yeah. but yeah. Um, so I get that. But I, I didn't mean uh, a maturity thing. I, I meant just the, the times. I think the mm-hmm. times change. That mm. people today versus you know just uh, 20 years ago or something i think there's another nobody cares it's all been so commercialized everything been so commercialized so mm. i don't think nobody cares oh, it's just a job whatever yeah. yeah it's a tough world and i think the com- competition is is razor sharp mm. of course when the money short and somebody comes along and say here's a bunch of money to do one or two days work Mm-hmm. And if you don't support the job, you still oh I need the money hmm. to you know fund whatever I really want to do, mm-hmm. and and still you know 
big performers still do that and i under, understand it i think it was um oh yeah george clooney said you I mean he, he did nescafe commercials oh, yes. and he got paid tons for that and mm. you might say well george don't you have enough enough money don't you have enough big parts already mm. so you don't have to do those kind of things mm -hmm. but he was like no but because the nescafe thing funded the independent movie i wanted to make precisely mm. so quite mm, I, i i don't want to be on a high horse <laughs> <laughs> so you ended up in sweden because you you met your husband yep my very own swedish viking Yeah, or, <laughs> uh, so you didn't really have any, I mean, in several ways, you, you are Swedish, like you said, but um, you, you didn't have any thoughts about going back here before you met him? No. For any reason, no. Uh, no, and I, and I had to learn the Swedish, of course, when I was 28. Mm. So that was uh, hmm, interesting. So which other countries have you been living in? Uh, in England and a little bit in Italy too. A little bit in Italy, all right. Mm. Um, but you you were acting already when you were a kid. Yes. Yes, my father was, was an actor, as we, as yes. we said. And um, so through him, there was um, radio plays for schools. Mm. And, and so he said, well, my daughter can do it. And I was, I was eight. Mm. And, uh, you know, John and Mary go for a picnic. John and Mary go to the dentist. <laughs> Um, and that was it. And then I, I never looked back, really. Um, mm. You loved it back then. Yes, and I think it's something you either have or you, you haven't. You've either got it or you don't. Then, of course, you mm. train, which is important. Mm. And experience is important. Mm. Yeah, I think there, I mean, there are some show business parents who force their kids into doing whatever they're doing. And mm. I don't think all the kids really like it, uh, but still keep doing it because then that's what they know mm -hmm. and yeah i think i heard actually like famous actors be like i didn't really want to do this but here i am <laughs> <laughs> they're the lucky ones yes <laughs> lucky ones in that way yeah but but that that they also could kind of blame the parents like mm -hmm. yeah it was my mom she mm -hmm. kind of forced me into it but mm -hmm. yeah my dad didn't actually he wasn't that keen i think he was the star of the family oh yeah, yeah. He, was okay. the, <laughs> he didn't want to be uh out. john no yeah. no but i sort of forced my way in <laughs> mm. anyway all right yeah so he just he basically asked you do you want to try this out and you were like yeah yeah you know, i think that was the only thing he ever asked me to do that eight-year-old okay. radio play and then mm. i sort of took it from there really all right okay then he couldn't stop you no <laughs> <laughs> um i'm kind of jealous about that because i uh To be able to develop your skills, I mean, even your voice skills mm -hmm. and like, microphone skills, everything from that young age, I really would like to have that because I, I didn't get into any kind of performing until I was, let's say, 18, mm -hmm. actually, mm -hmm. and uh, didn't try to go pro until I was 33. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> mm. Mm. Nothing wrong with that. I think it's 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 we all find our way. I think. Uh, yeah, uh, and that's a, a bit of the point to do this podcast. That I want to show whoever's listening and uh, trying to get somewhere that there's no one way. So I want to hear everybody's like stories about how they, uh, not only how they got to where they are because maybe they haven't gotten very far, but to mm. wh where they're trying to go and how. You know, yeah. What is what is the trajectory, and um, 
Yeah, I think that's helpful for every kind of creative person to get get inspired, but not necessarily follow a blueprint. Mm, mm, Some people follow blueprints. I uh, I watched a um, video of uh, what's his name Conor uh, Conor McGregor, uh, the the UFC fighter who apparently decided to become a boxer now, uh, mm, and I, I could mm. I could see when in his philosophy. I, I can draw parallels to performers, to actors, because he's trying to be the world's best at something, you know, which is physical and it's a performance in some way. And, you know, you, you kind of need to have the same kind of mindset, mm. uh, I felt. And uh, he, his thing is that he visualizes everything, every step of the way. Mm. Um, but he also said something about following a blueprint. He, he looks at mm-hmm. some somebody else and like, I want to do what he did. But I don't think that's the only way. I think you can be inspired, but then, like you said, there you know, there's no one path really. You can do whatever. I I think what's good to have, if possible, is somebody who supports you, mm. who understands what you want and and what it means. Oh yeah, because that that mm. helps. And and um, my dad, of course, understood me. We sort of found each other much more when I was grown. Mm. When I started doing theatre, he actually uh-huh. said to me, he said, when I was, I was, um, when my children were, were, were toddlers, young, I mm. didn't do any theatre in the evenings. It was impossible. Yeah, yeah, of course. My, yeah. my husband was, was always travelling. Mm. And uh, so but I kept up the voiceover work and the adverts as much as I could to keep my skills going. Oh, yeah. Um, you had a studio at home even so you could do no, it? No, no, I just, I just kept trying to keep the jobs going. Uh-huh. Um which was good because that that meant I never actually stopped. But there was there was this there was a quite a while when I didn't do any actual live theatre. Mm. I did the odd paid performance uh, for like conferences, um, hosting work. Um, but then when I was I, I was about to turn forty, and I said to my dad, I said I'm I'm I really thinking of going back to the stage because mm. that's where my love is. Mm. And he was very. Clear, and he said, "Well, he said, if you don't do it now, you'll never do it." Uh, yeah, and and probably, he, yeah. yes, he said, "Just don't don't upset your husband too much." I said, oh, "No." <laughs> <laughs> mm. But of course, when I when I met my 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 husband, I was doing theatre. That's what I was doing. He yeah. had to pick mm. me up at the stage door mm. with flowers. So <laughs> oh. he, he knew he knew where he was going with yeah. this. Mm. Um, and of course, you I, can't take the theatre away from somebody. That's right. Mm. You can't. Yeah. So I think uh, I think that was that that was like a turning point, and I listened to my dad, and I thought, okay, I'll go for it, and I literally went out and just just because there's no just about it, I started auditioning and and contacting people um, because I knew my kids would would manage. Mm. Oh, yeah, by then, yeah, by then. Mm, yeah. Mm. Mm. So okay, so you were. You started doing theater again, basically when you were forty. Yeah, wow. uh, and the the break had been what a, de- well, a decade? My, yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, more. My years in Sweden. Yeah, right. Basically, though, mm. I should say I was acting and performing. I should say that because mm. I was doing a lot of recording and voiceover work. And yeah, yeah, it really yeah. keeps your Something. skills going. Yeah, but not much stage. No, stage no, work. apart from the odd thing. Right, and. Um, and it's natural in other ways because, of course, you maybe you didn't really have any venue to do that, being somebody who were new to the country, learning the language, and uh, there were maybe weren't that many English language theaters around this no, area. You're looking at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. This you're, is what you you're trying. You, you, yeah, you're making it happen now. Well, I'm trying, and yeah. I, that's also one of the the realizations that, um, well, life is what you what you make of it. Mm-hmm. Since since. 
you know, the old Vic wasn't wasn't beating down my door to offer me roles at the Globe. They never are. No, <laughs> enough. Um, so I thought, well, I'm just going to have to. And it's also a question of finding people who have similar uh, interest or passion for the craft, like like yourself. Mm. And that's gold. That's mm. it means you can create things together. You can find a spark. And I found lovely people in 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 Malmo and in Copenhagen who want to work with me. And I don't think you'll ever make money out of the theatre, but that's not what it's about. It's mm. it, it's nice to do that, and of course we want to make a profit and we want to have enough to keep the productions rolling. But it's it's really the craft mm, yeah. art. It would be good to be able to do it for a living. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what we want to do. We just want to be able to make a living doing what we love to do mm. uh, and as an actor that means that if you you're recognized and appreciated for what you do it leads to more work mm. and for mo most of us that is the goal it's not to be famous no because i think a lot of people who, are, who aren't actors just think we want to be famous we might want to be known but that is for those reasons you know so we can mm -hmm. keep doing it and mm -hmm. And be recognized like, hey, good job. Mm. Or, you know. mm. And I think being famous, you can be famous for lots of reasons. You can be famous for for winning the lottery. Or yeah. we have this nutty scientist in, in, in Denmark who just, you know, with this poor journalist, Swedish journalist, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. massacred, uh, has mm. disappeared. And I know all the facts are not the U -boat out yet. Thing, yeah. The U-boat thing, uh, terrible uh, uh, criminal investigation. I mean, you can be famous for many reasons, and I, I think that's yeah, is it like not, not interesting, really. No. Uh, Ricky Gervais got that question. Do you remember that when a, a, mm -hmm. no. a, a journalist asks him, so what's your advice to somebody who want to be famous? And he said, well, mur murder a prostitute. Yeah, <laughs> quite. So well, that's not the, the point. That's you know. not the point, no. no. Um, and and I, I love, um, since I've done... Some television work, a little bit of film work, and and but mostly theatre, and then all the voiceover recordings. I can compare, mm. and I think for me, I love the whole intellectual process of theatre. Mm. You have time to find a character, uh, and, rehearse, and, and rehearse, and yeah. fine tune, and 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 enter a whole new world where where you just stop being yourself and you you become this other character and you find the other characters in the play you create this whole mm, world mm. universe together mm. um and I so I know by the time we get to performance day I mean like 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 any actor worth their salt I mean even if if I have no pockets in my costume I know what I would have in my pockets obviously mm. before I get on stage I know where I've been I know where I'm going as my character in in my world yeah that's and that's a fantastic thing to to be able to create um and i love that mm. i also love like you do language and i think literature a, a love yeah, of a good yeah, story yeah. and and getting that message out mm. to, because it's 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 reaching people and you said to me it's difficult perhaps to balance being a teacher and a performer yeah. but actually the the two are not very different um ah. e even in teaching you you sort of have to spell bind your listener you have to have a message yeah yeah you you you're performing you you are and you have to reach out and you have to communicate you have to get a response mm. so um and i i love that mm. yeah i've been doing a little bit of teaching as well mm -hmm. uh so that was that was interesting i i i drew those parallels as well uh, mm -hmm. 
for me, I feel like I if I if I were to do that again, it would be for adults because I I mm-hmm. had like kids of all ages and it's not really my thing because just a few of them, a few bad eggs, let's say, just destroy the whole. <laughs> oh, I don't have the patience. Yeah. Um, so for that reason, I mean, obviously, theater is your first passion, mm-hmm. even within the, the realm of acting. Mm-hmm. So you have done some film stuff, you know, commercials and uh, short films, and mm-hmm. even some. Have you done some feature work? Uh, no, I was in a, a dreadful um, soap opera series once. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. We shall we shall uh, move on hastily I, I, away from that point. And that was in uh, was uh, that in Italy or yeah, not not important. Uh, no, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even on your IMDb, so that says something, I think. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I never even looked at it. Yeah. No, I, th- I think there's just a few short films listed on IMDb, and sure. and then I read about the uh, the soap somewhere else. Okay. Like, really? Why isn't that on IMDb? <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> and. Um, that's not unusual at all, of course, but it's interesting to to note that I mean, for myself, film movies are my first love. Yeah, I being know. on camera is my first love, yeah. and, uh, and you're great, Peter. Oh, you, thanks. You are you are just super. You're a joy to watch. The, okay, you can, you can't have seen very much because I haven't done very much. No, but, but I, I follow. I see the stuff you put up. Oh, uh, yeah. I've seen your monologues you put up. It's great. Oh yeah, yeah, those. Yeah, I should do a few more of those. Actually, I kind of enjoy that. And we've trained together, you and me. Oh yeah. Well, so I've also seen you in action. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, on the. Uh, Audition workshop kind of thing. Yeah, that's where we uh, met. Yeah, that's right. The uh, theater hook school now. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting because uh, there were two English teachers mm-hmm. that kind of came over to to show how auditioning were happening in in England mm-hmm. uh, or Britain at mm-hmm. large. Yeah. But uh, and we don't really have that in Sweden. It's really strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not that into the th- world of theater, mm-hmm. so I know uh, know what's going on really. But from what I understand, what we do here is we go to the the school, we, uh, our drama school, basically, yeah. and um, and then we do a some kind of showcase, and uh, theater directors or something come by to check it out, and then they say, "Hey, we need that one." and then you're on a roll, maybe. Uh, but to get into th- theater in other ways, it seems almost impossible. There's, there's no, ca- ca- they don't have any casters. So, yeah. No, I think Sweden is 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 lovely. It's a lovely country. Yeah, and I, and in many I, ways. Yes, and I've chosen to live here and, and raise my family here. But it's small, mm. and that makes mm. a difference. It does. Yeah. So I think the the number of actual full time working actors or performers in Sweden is small mm. because the market that's it is what it is, and they think they know. I think they know each other. It's a network. But uh, I think you oh, and I, yeah. yeah, I mean, you and I both know. So how many talented Swedish actors do you and I both know who who? Well, they work occasionally, mm. and most of the time, you know, they have another job. But that is actually the case yeah. in most countries. Yeah. In, M- most of them are struggling, of most course. Of most of us are struggling. Yeah. Same in, in Denmark. In in England, it's only 8% of all equity actors who actually earn a living from their craft, 8%. Really? Okay, and I didn't know that statistic. And obviously in, in, in that 8%, you've got, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch and mm. Dench. And you've got the, the ones we know of, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the other... <laughs> 92% that can be a guest on this show. Yeah, ah. yeah. They're, they're the good-looking boys you see in Soho working in the in the bars and um, hoping for their big break. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's all about who you know and uh, all that stuff, like, like you said. And uh, Sweden is small. Mm. And uh, when it comes to film in Sweden, it's even uh, it's, it's an even smaller group because uh, I, I think that's, gonna, that's changing as we speak. I think a lot of... Uh, uh, younger actors are coming up now uh, being a, li- a bit like me that they want to do uh, film work mm. predominantly and um, uh, but before that we we were trained to be stage actors mm. and that doesn't always work on film uh, and, no. the, and the, and the, like the, the five people in Sweden who actually are good at film they do all the movies yeah. You, just, it's, 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 it, you know, you can almost guess. Okay, a new Swedish film is coming out, so it's got to be him, her, and those two. Mm-hmm. And yeah, basically, it is. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. It has to change. Yeah, yeah. And I think if I dare say, in in general, not perhaps particularly Sweden, it's almost worse for women. Mm-hmm. A lot of pressure on appearance, on looks, on age, on figure. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of the nice things about being over 40 like I am now that I don't have to worry about it quite so much. Mm. I mean, you can play Lady Macbeth and you can play, you yeah. know, a dumpy mother. There are other ro- there are roles. Others, and that's okay. Mm. Whereas if, if they want a hot-looking 27-year-old, I mean, how many thousands of gorgeous models, leggy models, can they choose from? Mm. And then they pick the one who can act a bit. Mm. Um, yeah. Obviously, there are some fantastic performers out there who both look amazing and have the talent. And the training and yeah. the experience. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes they rise to the top, but yeah. not always. Not always. No. I mean, Alice Avikander auditioned seven times to get into Teaterhoek School in Stockholm. Never yeah. got in. No, but <laughs> she she lucked out because she got a great agent who uh, believed in her. Yeah. And uh, sure. Yeah. Well, she moved to England, as far as I know. Oh yeah, yeah. But and uh, and, and, and so she didn't do it much through sweden at all really no but, but uh, yeah, her agent is uh, so international and mm-hmm. uh, so respected so it's yeah. uh, you know yeah. uh, if you have a really good really famous agent that's yeah. a big uh, step it's up a big, a big, big, big leg up I, I also think another nice thing uh, about theater is that you also you have more flexibility to, to change perhaps yourself and your personality. I think film is very revealing. Film is very in your face. Very, There's yeah. only so much hiding and makeup and hair that you can do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. more often you, you play who you are. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. closer to you. Or, or No, I'm going to change that around. I'm, you're playing who other people think you are. Yes. T- just by yes. looking at you. Yes. That's I, why. I, I, I hope I'm not as bad a guy as I usually play. <laughs> Because I usually play some really fucked up people, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's just how I look, apparently. Oh, to, I don't know. Well, that's that's my typecast for some reason. Okay. I haven't decided it, yeah. but yeah. I, I get to play the psycho murderers and mm. angry soldiers and uh, mm-hmm. cheating husbands and uh, mm-hmm. insane people. Mm-hmm. I, I really admire actors who've 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 made a name for themselves, and well, I know. Uh, Tom Hanks, mm. who then uses his power and his money and his reputation to create these fantastic vehicles for his own talent, oh, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. also yeah. to tell fantastic stories mm-hmm. that mean something. Um, and that I admire. Mm. One of my um, idols is perhaps too too big a word is um, David Schwimmer. Oh, yeah. We all know from, sure. from Friends. Yeah. 
And he's it's a start, producer and stuff. He's a producer, and, and, and he has he has my favorite theater company in the world, which is the Looking Glass Theater. Oh, does he in Chicago? And they do the most amazing stuff. Oh, you've been there to see. It's it's like a combination of Cirque du Soleil with, and they take classic pieces of literature. They take uh-huh, books, uh-huh. literary themes. Could be anything. Could be Alice in Wonderland, um, Peter Pan, mm-hmm. uh, Ulysses, mm. um, and they and they create pieces of theater with you know. Acrobats, tightrope walkers, monologues, um, flamethrowers. It's just okay. amazing theatre. So it's a mix of theatre and Nouveau Circus. So I don't think they would like you to say that, but but okay. it, it's it's amazing. And of course, it just goes to show what you can do with creativity and budget. Mm. And, and apparently, he st- he he started this 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 theatre with his sort of old um, um, school colleagues from mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. drama school uh, from okay. university where he did drama uh. and he sort of remained true to them and even with his big hollywood status he's come back mm. and helped them build this amazing uh, yeah. and i just i just think you know that's that i admire that mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. as opposed to hugh hefner just picking another bunny girl in his mansion yeah, yeah i mean you know what are you going to do with the money mm. and i i don't know if you can agree with this but i mean i, I know a lot of uh semi-known actors who as soon as they become a bit of known they don't want anything to do with people who can't help them even more like they don't want to help people hmm. below them let's say and like okay that's okay good for you <laughs> <laughs> so david schwimmer is the opposite of that which is you know really re- something to respect mm. and admire mm. and also i think he's a an alternative appearance actor too he's oh yeah not, he's not your average good-looking you know dolly bird no may, no maybe not i mean no, uh, he is w- he's w- within the realm of being attractive probably because sure. all, all the the friends actors when they started out were you know sure considered to Absolutely. be the good-looking young people <laughs> uh, but he's not a joey no 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 and i think that also is to his credit that then it really is the talent determination and 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 luck mm. of course luck of course you have to have luck mm. you can be the most brilliant person in the world and yeah, you don't yeah. if you're not there on the right day at the right time mm. but he's one of the funniest performers in the friends cast i think mm. uh, i think that show uh, i've said this many times to friends of mine like i the writing on friends is fine but it's the actors the performers sure. that make it really funny that totally. make you totally. make you want to see it totally. keep... jen franz aniston has never done anything so good no no well, she, she did some um, sketch shows before that that i that i liked as well uh, and uh, some some of her her movies are you know, oh sure cool, good yeah. but but uh, no of course that was the the peak <laughs> peak for many of them um no, but it's interesting to have you on to uh, somebody who has theater as uh, the first love because it becomes such a contrast partly to me, but also to like the, the first guest I had on, uh, mm-hmm. Demis Tibis, who never been on stage and mm-hmm. only only acts on camera and he doesn't even you know, understand the pull of theater. Mm-hmm. You know? So there's, there's such a contrast uh, within uh, the acting community. Sure. Uh, and I love the magic of theater where you really can... Like in, in British Panto, where you have a transformation scene, mm. where, you know, the, the ugly ducklings become fairies who are swept away by the wind on invisible harnesses yeah, with yeah. fairy dust sparkling. I love it. Mm, yeah. It really is the magic of theatre, mm. you know, the suspension of disbelief. Mm. Um, and it means I can play older or younger or I can play witches. And yeah, it's yeah. almost like uh, I, do, I, always, I do voiceovers for computer games occasionally mm. when they want me mm. to do that. 
Uh, oh, I'd love to do that. Oh, and it's I haven't fun. done it and yet. You can play aliens, and you can play, um, you know, mm-hmm. magical dwarves, and you oh, can play yeah, yeah. witches, and it's just, and I love that freedom. Mm. I, I really do. Yeah. If you can hook me up with any any of those gigs, please do, because I really want to do that kind of thing. Um, um, but um, if you, let's say, if you were offered uh, like a dream role mm-hmm. uh, in a theater play, mm-hmm. and you were getting, you're getting a salary, mm-hmm. but you were also at the same time offered a part in a, in a film, like a big blockbuster movie. And okay, we're real in the realms of fantasy here, but yeah, we are. Good. We are. I'm yeah, happy. yeah. I'm with you. And you, you were, you were to be paid more for the film. Yeah, but it's not your dream part at all. Mm-hmm. What would you choose? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, my my heart would go for the theatre, but of course, the thing about film is the exposure. Mm-hmm. You do one silly thing on television or in a in a film, and then that opens doors. It gives it, you. It could do. Yeah, yeah. it gives you. Uh, it could do. Yes, a mm. ticket or passport to to a whole host of other things. If people, I think, in the industry think your name is bankable, mm. then you have leverage, and yeah. you can, in theory, create projects, productions. I mean, look at Daniel mm. Radcliffe, mm. the Harry Potter yeah. nerdy little glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not wasn't a particularly brilliant actor, I think, in the Harry Potter series, but he was fine. fine. I mean, competent, cute when he was young, but he's gone on. And Mm. he, he, I should point out, he's the son of two theatrical agents in London, so it kind of helps slightly. And he was in David David Copperfield before he was Mm. in Harry Potter Mm. as a little boy. He was all very good in that. But since then, of course, he's gone on and he's been on Broadway, he's been on the West End, Mm. he's Equus, he's done fantastic. He's now in Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Oh, is he? Yeah. I didn't know that. So he's actually gone on to prove that he is an actor Actor of merit. Yeah, yes. So, I mean, mm. I think saying yes to a film part can open doors to do other work. Mm. And there's another actor who prefer film. He said so many times. Has he said so? Yes. I see. I see. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Okay. So you might have chosen the film just because uh, it will maybe lead to something else. Yeah, because it's a business. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay, but at the same time, to any other actors listening to this, it doesn't mean like you have the golden ticket as soon as you get a part in something no. on screen. No. I, no. I, I, there, I see, I see it all the time because um, I listen to a lot of interviews and uh, I know other people, and we all seem to fall into that trap as soon as we get a mm-hmm. part in a bigger feature film or something. It's like mm-hmm. here we go. Now I'm set for life. It's yeah. just going to lead to the next gig, to the next gig, to the next. I, and we all find out that, no, we're not going to be working for another two years after that. because yeah, It's hard. And a one-hit wonder. You know, how many yeah, some, yeah. groups of the, of the 80s did, did I listen to? And I mean, mm. they're, they're just gone. Yeah. But I mean... Where's Deep Blue Something today? <laughs> yes. Well, what was the name? Charlene Tilton. Remember the, the from Dallas? The oh. short one with the long blonde hair. Oh, okay. And, she and, was acting and, in Dallas. Uh. Yeah, and she was. I think that was that was her name in the in the series. And apparently, all that money she made on Dallas, she 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 blew in bad investments in a post office in. Hawaii also very common. Also um, very common. You know, I, um, never heard, never heard of since. No. Yeah. 
as a performer. So I mean, mm. it it extremely common. Uh, I think it was uh, what's his name, Lauren Michaels, uh, Saturday Night Live, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the guy who runs Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. He said that everybody blows their first big paycheck, and it mm-hmm. just they, they, nobody is going to be investing that wisely. <laughs> and he sees it all the time because he yeah. just keeps. Uh, taken in new uh, young uh, performers and uh, they hit the big time through his decision basically uh, i don't know how many times him getting them on the show uh, hmm well he he doesn't fit the profile <laughs> he's not inglorious he's pretty glorious <laughs> he's pretty glorious yeah. um and so I, I probably he sees that uh, that pattern like, mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. nobody's going to keep the first uh, and and i know the first big paycheck i got i, I don't even know where it went i yeah. look back like what what did i spend it on it's yeah, a, it just sure. disappeared sure what yeah sure they and that charlene tilton in dallas they mm. they used to call her the poison dwarf in gnostic <laughs> okay. she was very short and blonde so i always identified with her greatly okay <laughs> so i think i think considering um i'm very happy to be able to 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 work with my theater people in my little corner of, of, of the world in this little Malmo Copenhagen corner. Yeah, I think yeah. it's, it's wonderful just to be able to, to it's a privilege to be able to try. Yeah. Then I, I, I hope someone comes to watch it and buy tickets. Yeah. What, uh, what are you working on right now? I have the most amazing play coming up, mm. which, which we did in, in Copenhagen in February. Mm. Um, and now we're bringing it over to Malmo for, for two nights mm. as a guest performance from Copenhagen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at the Theater Hus at Bastionen at the end of the month, end of September, and it's called Venus in Fur. Mm. Can you tell me a bit about it? It's funny, and it's dramatic, and it's powerful, and it's sexy, and it's a little bit magical. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the play you always wanted to write. Mm. And it's also a bit literary, because it's a play within a play. Oh, okay. And yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's very much an actor's play because mm-hmm. it's uh, takes place in a in an audition room. So it's one director and he's auditioning women to play the lead in his play, which is based on the famous S and M novel, um, mm. which is where the words come from. Mm. Um, S and M is the author of the the original Austrian book. Mm. Uh, Venus in Furs, and mm. he's written a play apparently called Venus in Fur, and he's auditioning actresses, can't find anybody suitable. At the end of the day, he's tired, uh, about to go home on his mobile, door bursts open, and Vanda walks in. Mm. And she is rough, loud. I play her Jewish, Brooklyn, okay. <laughs> vulgar, um, swearing. That's in the script. Uh, dressed up all wrong. She's done in uh, all dressed up in kind of you know leather studs, mm, collar, mm, mm. ready to audition for this S and M play. And of course, that's not what he's got at all. He's got this literary, intellectual play. And then the whole performance mm. that the audience, will, of course, will watch mm. is the the building of this relationship between the director and the actress. Mm. And of course, they also read the script as he auditions her. So they jump in and out of the two stories, the actual relationship, the steamy relationship, tempestuous relationship mm. growing between the director and the actor in the room, mm. alternating with the level as they actually read the characters in the script in their hands. Yeah. So you have four people in the room, at least, even mm. though it's only two, two human beings. Mm. And of course, the, and of course, it turns out that not only do I just happen to have as an actress the the same name as the girl I'm auditioning for, but there's a lot of other weird coincidences. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And the whole thing gets turned on its head, and I'm not 
who I pretend to be at all by the ah. end of the play. No spoilers. Uh, no, of course not. And, but it sounds amazing. Oh, it's fantastic. And yeah. the thunder roars and the lightning flashes and it's magic. Mm -hmm. Who wrote that? The play? Uh, David Ives. David Ives, yeah. David Ives. And it's a 2010 play, huge hit on mm. Broadway and the West End. Mm -hmm. Not so known in, in Sweden. No. Um, Yet. <laughs> it's it's really some of the funniest, funniest uh, and cleverest uh, dialogue and, and one of the the best parts in, in contemporary American playwriting for a woman. Mm. It's a peach of a role. And it's one of the reasons why I sort of lobbied to be able to bring the play over to Malmo mm. because it's, it's again, such a privilege to be able to play this Van der Jordan, this Brooklyn mm. Jewish mm. kind of, hear what you doing kind of girl. It's a sort of um, um, Fran Drescher, you know, the nanny yeah, yeah, yeah. combination yeah, yeah. with taxi driver. Yeah. And then, of course, I have to swap when we're actually reading. We're not reading, but we're supposed to be reading from the the auditioning play mm. to this uh, aristocratic upper class Countess Vanda von Dunayev, ah. who is beautiful and mm. elegant with a sweeping long white dress. Mm. And I switch between these two women, so it's quite it's quite bipolar. Yeah, 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 and then yeah. I play a bunch of other women at yeah. the same time, mm. kind of creep in and freak this poor mm. man out who mm. ends up panting and crawling <laughs> on the floor. And then I tie him up. It's you have to see it, Peter. Yep, yep. You have to see this play. Mm. Um, I think I'm gonna, <laughs> uh, and that of course takes a lot of uh, rehearsal to get that right. To be able to switch between characters like that, yeah, it it does. We're both just drenched in sweat by the end of it. it yeah. It's an hour and a half of of him and me on this stage. We play it in the round, which means the audience are seated around us in a circle. Oh, that's so another thing. Yeah. It's another. It's really interesting, and it's to keep it fresh and exciting. So it's almost as if the audience are auditioning me as well mm. as the director. They're, they're sucked into this tense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Audition room. All right. I don't think I ever performed like that with audience of all, on all sides. Mm. So I guess you got to keep moving all the time to face everybody in some way. Mm. Try and balance it. And also yeah. you play sort of on the diagonal. So we're always shoulder to shoulder. So if they're seeing uh -huh. my back, at least they see his face or vice versa. Okay. But you're right. It takes, yeah. it takes work. How does that affect the projecting? How do you make sure that people behind you can hear you? That's okay. It, it it, it's we've we've well when they did it at, um on broadway and the west end of course they had it in a massive theater hmm. and i can it must be very difficult to produce such a tense intimate play where there's a lot of chemistry between the two actors uh in in a huge auditorium it it, it would be very difficult and i admire them that they did it we're fortunate that both at the black box theater here in malmo and in copenhagen hmm. it's a very small space oh, yeah, so yeah. it's not a problem no and hmm. we're both very experienced both alex lehman who plays Thomas yeah. and I, we've, we've, we've done this before, so it, it seems to work. We didn't have any complaints, at least in Copenhagen. We'll see <laughs> mm -hmm. what Mal might say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know every, everything about bad venues uh, sound-wise. Mm -hmm. I, I did a play last year in, uh, in a church. And the church wasn't, you know, of course, uh, adapted to uh, theater work at all. It was adapted once, you know, like in the 1800s, to have a priest standing in one spot, and so we can hear him. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, <laughs> we had uh, we had microphones and uh, a PA system. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if it made it worse or better, but yeah. <laughs> the, the the reverb time is around like three seconds in there. So every, if you say a fast sentence, it's going to be a wash in yeah. in reverb. Oof, uh, so we try to you know act through. I mean, th since 
uh, it was already a, like a poetic kind of uh, script. Uh, even if you did hear what we were saying, it might not have made sense to you anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, we had to try to adapt to act uh, in a way that we spoke very slowly and stuff like that to to make it a little bit more understandable. We had to experiment about where to put the, the speakers. Mm. Uh, and at the premiere, uh, nobody heard anything. Oh. Yeah, I, I had friends there. And they like, we, well, we basically didn't hear one single whole sentence. <laughs> okay, we got to move things around. Wow. And of course, the, uh, uh, the critic was there that time. Ah, always, always. Mm, Murphy's Law. Mm -hmm. It's the perils of theatre life. It's it's not easy. I've also done children's theatre. Okay. Uh, Okay. And then the audience is the problem. (laughs) Oh, I mean, you know, it's it's for orphans. The thing they were most impressed by was afterwards, you know, when we sort of talked to the little kiddies after the performance was was my nail varnish. Okay. Because they couldn't afford to buy nail varnish, so they didn't Uh, have any. No. You know, these 11-year-old girls. So it was extra glamorous for them. Oh, wow. It, it broke my heart. Mm. And, yeah. But have you had, like, kids in kid theater just speak out in the middle of the play? And be like, who's that? Why is that? <laughs> well, I have done a lot of panto. Mm-hmm. Panto, panto. Yeah, that's which, which, so, which, so English. So yes, pretty. it's like a big kind of big family musical, big singing, dancing thing, which kids love. And, uh. of course, you, you bring them in, you know. He's behind you. Look, yeah, 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 yeah. which is great. Fun. Su- they're supposed to. They're supposed to. There's a bit of interaction. But last year we did a with with down the rabbit hole theatre mm. with mm-hmm. my my theatre company in Copenhagen. We did this fantastic play, Elsie and Norm's Macbeth, which, oh, yeah. which um, is this middle aged Yorkshire couple who decide to put on the Scottish play okay. by William Shakespeare in their living room. Yeah. So we did this fantastic kind of piece of almost meta theatre where we used a sort of little boutique basement bang in the, in the middle of yeah, Sturgett yeah. in, in Copenhagen. Uh-huh. And we creating like a living room creating setting. Creating living rooms, precisely. So people had to kind of climb down these little stairs and we sat them down with, you know, tea and sofas and armchairs mm. and we played over their legs and climbing over the bags. And we did we did the whole play, including Elsie and Norm's embittered Yorkshire married life, mm. um, climbing in and out of windows up and down stairs. And it yeah. was, again, drenched in sweat and, and fantastic yeah. Yeah. experience. And... With genuine bits of Shakespeare in between, uh-huh. playing all the characters, mm-hmm. you know, from, mm. you know, murderous, murderous um, royals to to little Prince Malcolm on his knee. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> people were falling off the armchairs with, with laughter. Needless to say, it's a comedy. Yeah, of course, yes. yeah. Uh, but I was going to say that I also, of course, played uh, all three witches at once, which meant I put on uh, huh. of Macbeth, yeah. of course. Three different ages, and, uh, because they, they, they are like those archetypes, like the, the young yes. witch, the, yes. the, the jolly fat witch, and the, the old crone. Uh, well, it depends how you do it. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, okay. Kurosawa's version, is they're all kind of Japanese summarized. Mm. It depends, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but since it was only me and him, I, I, it's, it's, it's in the script. I do all of them in one go. Mm. Uh, and that means putting on a, you know, a, a nose, pointy nose and a pointy hat, two mm. second changes. I think I had 26 changes in, in the entire performance. Ow. Yeah, fantastic <laughs> theatre. Talk about training. Uh, uh, yeah. We actually took it to, to, on tour, actually. We took it to England as well, yeah. which was ah. fun, just for a one, one little weekend, but it was still fun. Anyway, we had a school that came in to watch it and, um, I think they were aged between 13 and 16. And there was one little boy who was sitting on the sofa nearest the the entrance. Mm. And when I first come out as the witch, you know, on this sort of 
windswept howling wind mm-hmm, war, mm. and I stick my nose out of the kind of through the curtain and cackle as mm, one does mm. in a lovely panto esque. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, hello, everybody. And this little boy, I think he fell off the sofa, mm. peed his pants. Absolutely petrified. Oh, up in a fetal position. He didn't cry, but he was just frozen solid, frozen solid. And then, of course, I played on it. So every time I cackled, I cackled in his ear. This poor child, just you know, that's kind of mean, <laughs> but all right, effective. But it was, it was, uh, it was fantastic. You must have hit some kind of phobia you had or something. <laughs> Oh, it was. And of course, it's funny. So, I mean, you know, 20 seconds later. <laughs> not to him. No, <laughs> he did. <laughs> maybe not. No, maybe I've traumatized him. For poor, boy. poor boy. Uh, oh, it was just fantastic. It can be fabulous to to perform for young people mm. if, if you if you connect with them. And in this case, we, we really did. And I have to tell you, this this uh, we had a couple of classes come to watch. But I remember this particular class because it was such an intimate setting with, with Jens and I. Uh, who, who played all these, these 15 characters together with 26 costume changes mm. in, you know, 15 different accents from mm. Highland Scots to, you know, RP. Mm. Um, and when we, the first, first class we had in, uh, we actually had a code word because we said, if for some reason the kids get too rowdy and you never know if they try to pinch my bum or yeah, 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 sap yeah. or something, oh. we'll have a code word. We'll have like a line and mm. I will turn around and say, Oh, I'm going to go and walk the dog. Half mm. it in Scottish. And he would say, All right, lass. And then mm. we'd kind of know, okay, we're breaking performance. I need to exit. So we were prepared for it to go disastrously wrong. Mm-hmm. But that audience we had mm. with the, the 13 to 15 year olds, they were stock still. They were utterly transfixed and mesmerized. Mm. It was a joy. They were totally absorbed. And, and this, this little boy who, who I frightened, mm. I mean, he, he just, it, I, it was, it was magic. It was magic to perform for them. Yeah. They were totally sold. Mm. And so in one way, young people are, are, are an easier sell. Perhaps they still have some of this, this yeah. magic. Yeah. Fairy dust. They want to, they want to believe more, but, yeah. probably. Yeah. And, and I hate to think about uh, what his friends said to him after that. (laughs) (laughs) It must have been a lot of uh, uh, Improvising in that show because nothing is the same uh, every show. Well, actually actually no, I have to say we were highly rehearsed and a very technical show Well, I mean mean just because you had to move around if somebody had a uh, were sitting in a different way, you had a bag in front. Of, you know, true. you, you oh, had you, you had to climb true. somewhere else and true. stuff that's like true. that. True, that's true. Yes, we had to. We had to be flexible. Because I know th- some theater performers get really uncomfortable about that. They yeah. they they, they want to move their head exactly the same way every yeah. time. Yeah, yeah put the foot. Yeah. You know. So uh, mm. Mm. no, we can't know that. No, you <laughs> requires a whole other skill set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> You you are very good at accents, are you? Aren't you? I mean, you you, you said you, in Venus and Fur you're going to be playing the uh, Brooklyn, the, the, yeah, the Brooklyn uh, Jewish. Mm. I've seen you do like a Jewish New Yorker type of character before in the the play you did uh, now uh, this uh, this spring. Uh, oh yes, yes, that's true, that's true. But um, an upper class one. Yeah, uh, well, more, sure. More, more of a Betty Davis type. Yeah, I, I, I uh, like it. I wrote to you. I, I, I thought she was like Karen Walker and uh, Will and Grace. Ah, uh, oh like. yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. You did, yes, yes. That was um, lovers, authors, and other strangers. Yes, yeah, that very, was the title. very Upper East Side mm. kind of gossip girls yeah, yeah. feel to it. Mm. Yeah, what which you okay? 
we got we got to talk about this. You had like two days or something rehearsal because you 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 were somebody who got sick or something. Yeah, got injured. Got injured even. Oh, actually, mid mid performance in a very exciting. Oh. Uh, rolling about on the bed scene at the end of that, yeah, 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 which, yeah. which, which is not, was not my role, somebody else's role. Yeah. Uh, moment of excitement. Uh, she, she fell on the floor and banged her head and got concussion, whiplash. So. Uh, yeah. And they of course had to well, stop the play and. Uh, well, actually she, she, such a trooper. She actually carried on and, and finished. The oh yes. Stage health kicked so, in. Yes. Mm. And so they just pump, pump, pumping adrenaline. But of course, when she woke up the next day, um, and we didn't mm-hmm. also, this, this, this particular play was part of the, um, the Copenhagen, the, the big Copenhagen fringe festival, oh, okay. which, which is mm-hmm. on every mm-hmm. June. So it wasn't just that we were performing for that. We were also performing in this larger sort of international forum yeah, yeah, yeah. and on all of their publicity. So to cancel the show, to pull the show would have been such a shame. Mm. So, so, uh, well, Jeremy, who's the director yeah. called me up and he said, can you, can you, can you step in? And you said yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's my theatre company too. I'm on the board, so sure, I, I don't want it to fold. I wanted it. I wanted to do well. Um, but I have nightmares about that. I mean, that I I I have a recurring nightmare that I show up at a theatre play and and all of a sudden I realize, oh shit, I'm supposed to go on, but I haven't even read the script. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah. I, it just keeps coming back mm. and. I would probably have those nightmares times a hundred if I actually had to learn a whole play just in a couple of days. Mm. And when I came to see you, and I, I thought about it when I saw it. Like, wait a minute, she's got tons of lines. <laughs> this is like a page full of text, just a monologue, basically. How yeah. the hell do you learn that that quickly? Do you have a trick? Do you, uh, your mind is just created that you know well, you do what you've got to do it, it, it has to be done sure it, but you, you couldn't have done anything else those days than just read 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 and uh, uh, rehearse it. rehearse rehearse i was actually on holiday actually in the mediterranean with my family uh-huh. so lying on the beach frantically learning lines and my husband said are you enjoying your holiday i said oh yes very much <laughs> yeah because you still you were doing what you love so <laughs> on a beach it's, it's <laughs> and, and doing lines on the plane home and i actually landed and 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 actually took a taxi from the airport uh-huh. in 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 the clothes I've been traveling in, straight to the theater, right. walked in the door, and she said, good. She said, the publicity guy's here, the photographer's here. She said, here's my, here's mm. my makeup bag, go, yeah. go work wonders. Oh, uh, yeah. Hope the dress uh, fits. Uh. It's, it's precisely. <laughs> so it's, but that, that's theater. That's, and, of course, I have to say full credit to, to, the, to the rest of the cast. Yeah, and, sure. And you have who, to adapt as well. You, it's a group. It's an ensemble piece, mm. even if the ensemble is just two mm. of you. In this case, we were... We were um, a whole bunch of us, you've got, if, if they don't give you what you need, you can't do it. No, no, and no, no. They all, actually, Jeremy, um, Thomas Paulson, the director, mm. actually rewrote the script slightly. Uh-huh. So that it would... To he cut, cut something from... Uh, yes, he re- so that um, actually it's easier to learn big chunks of monologue. Uh, yeah. If you're short of time, uh-huh. then it is to have complicated scenes with another with person. With back and forth. Yes, uh, yeah. with a lot of blocking and a lot of, okay, yeah. you know, so he gave sort of the, the complicated scene work to some of the others because mm. they had more time to rehearse them together while mm. I was still overseas. Mm. And then I could kind of learn the monologues on my own. That's probably true. I mean, I learned Shakespeare monologues 
quite long ones in a couple of days mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. I just do it over and over until and I fi- figure out okay I got stuck what did I get and I learn that bit and, and do it over and until I find out okay I got stuck again but probably hopefully later <laughs> later on in, into it um, so, but you don't really have a a method to, uh, to learning lines no I mean any trick you can no, <laughs> pass on because of course, in the beginning, it's memory work. Mm. You just got to memorize it. But then once you make the role your own, mm. it's no longer memory. It, it becomes part of you. It becomes a feeling. It becomes a process. Mm-hmm. You know, you become the character. Yeah. So you know where you're going. First, mm. I'm feeling whatever it is, sad, and then I'm surprised, and then I decide I love him. And that's the thread I follow. Yeah. yeah. And then hopefully my brain provides the words I've memorized, and I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, following. The, yeah, the words are connected to emotions and uh, yes. situations. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm following a story, a thread. Mm. But um, it feels like it should be or could be uh, harder to be on a beach in the Mediterranean <laughs> learning lines that's not connected to anything on the stage. Because for me, when I'm doing stage work, I, I, I can remember my line because I'm on this side of the sofa, I'm mm. sitting down on this, you know, because it's connected to something visual mm, uh, or rocking. something my, my body's doing, blocking. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And if the director decides to change something up and, uh, no, actually, can you just go around that part in, instead mm-hmm. and, uh, or, and lean against the bookshelf, whatever, then it can mess me up. Like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, then I got to totally relearn what I've learned because I'm not supposed to lean on the bookcase when I say, you know. <laughs> quite, quite. Mm. But that's where rehearsal comes in. Yeah, you rehearse again and again. Yes, yeah. so that you can, I think the important thing is, of course, one can blank on stage. Mm. One can, if I think if one loses focus or loses concentration, mm. that's very important. One has to be, as you know very well, you know this, mm. one has to concentrate all the time. And if you if you lose it and wander off, that's dangerous. Because then you can forget where you are and, and who you are. Yeah. Because to be honest, if you perhaps, if you lose a line, it's perhaps not the end of the world as long as you can, as long as you keep the feeling. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if, if I can deliver a line that is true to the essence or the feeling of the moment, I mean, okay, the other actor is going to look at me and say, what the hell are you doing? But at least if I get, get <clears> the feeling out <throat> there, p- perhaps the audience won't even notice. But of course, if, if you do nothing or just blank completely, mm. then... Then of course the spell is broken. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was just about to say, I think it's easier to blank on a line yourself because you can probably find your way. Hmm. But when somebody else blanks on their line, oh, I'm, I'm terrified. That's I'm worse. Like, that's I worse. Can't, oh, f- how do I save this? Because then you got to improvise. Hmm. I've had that happen several times. Mm, like somebody t- saying the same line, the f- same feed line they they did a minute ago. I'm like, Shit. <laughs> And uh, hopefully the the audience can tell. Sometimes it has happened that they, they could tell. Like, wait a minute, that was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. But but oftentimes they don't. You know, no. it's as long as you don't show the the panic or the the confusion, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you say, stay in the moment, stay in the feeling. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, then it's seamless. Mm, um, unless it's a famous play and somebody, that's not the line. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Shakespeare would be horrible. <laughs> horrible. It, it is it's dangerous. And, of course, one does have these panicky moments. Mm. And I think, well, as you know, it's, it's a very physical job, both filming and stage work. It's sweat and blood mm-hmm. and tears and mm. bruises and... And, and, and things happen. Um, you pick up the glass and because your hands are sweaty, it, it, it slides out of your fingers and, mm. and, and things do happen. And mm. 
I know I mentioned Elsie Norms Macbeth where we played yeah. among the people, among sofas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was covered in cuts and bruises by the end of every night because we're mm. just in the adrenaline of the moment. You just keep pushed through. Yeah, and you don't notice and all the in notice. injuries. And then you're, after, you're hobbling out of there at midnight to catch that bloody windswept train yeah. <laughs> in Copenhagen and you think, wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think people realize that we have a lot of occupational hazards. Uh, oh. we, we do get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you notice, sometimes you don't. I, I think I even have a scar. Uh, I do. still have a scar on my arm from, uh, from Sinbad because... Uh, I, I do a pratfall uh, mm-hmm. in the play, and uh, we had a, a, a prop that was a, a wheel, an aluminum wheel that was lit up on the inside. And it worked as like a space to be in, and it worked as uh, the steering wheel on the boat, uh, several mm. things. And at, at one point, it's on the floor, and I'm supposed to fall uh, towards where it is. And... A couple of times I fell on it, and uh, one one time I mm. fell straight on this sharp edge oh. w- with my full body <laughs> weight uh, on my arm. And I, of course, I felt like, "Oh shit, that was mm. painful." But I, I I'm supposed to immediately get up and be embarrassed about that I fell, mm. and I could because <laughs> I I really fell Stop. for real and really hurt myself oh. for real. So that was that was fine, but to ignore that the blood was starting to pour down my arm oh, and, and no. not, not show that to the audience. I mean, yeah, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm. that's, that's, it's like battle. Uh, it's like being on the battlefield. Kind of. Uh, and uh, of course the pain goes away uh, in just a few seconds because the adrenaline sure. and the, what's called stage health help you just soldier along. Soldier on, mm. that's the word, soldier on. Mm. In, in Venus in Fur, which is the one on in a few weeks, I, I keep taking this beautiful long white dress, the Countess's dress, I keep uh, yeah. taking it on and off. Mm. So it's between the leather underwear and the white dress. Very exciting for the audience, <laughs> as you can imagine. Uh, and the more clothes I take off, the more the director puts on, which is also interesting. Um, uh, <laughs> but it, it is awkward in, in, in the heat of the moment. Uh, and at one point, I know I just couldn't get this bloody zip down oh get the dress off yeah mm. um and so in the end i just turned around to 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 thomas novacek mm-hmm. which is the name of the the director character mm-hmm. i said can you just help me take the effing dress off and, mm. he, goes, oh, okay. no. and he did and then we got over it so we solved it that way yeah and he looked at me and I looked at him and he said, right, because he knew the dress had to be off for the next scene, which was a scene um, rolling about mm. on the sofa, which I couldn't do in the long dress. No. And I'd sort of tried to, to kind deal of, with it. it had to deal with it. And I'd, yeah. I kind of tried to hint with him by giving him my back and kind uh-huh. of a bit of a shoulder previously. Mm. Mm. And I could see he looked at me and he was obviously thinking, what does this woman want? So in the end, I actually had to come out with it and, and yeah. we solved it. And he's probably forgotten. But um, I thought of it now because you talked about it. Mm. So I think mm. that's the advantage if you're dealing with people who have experience mm. it, you can solve most things yeah hopefully yeah. Uh, amateurs would probably be uh, too panicky and like uh, I, I don't well, know well where where is the line yeah well it's well hmm. to me i think a professional is somebody who gets paid to do what they do uh, at some point and then then decides and, and in a combination with deciding this is what i am I think it's it's a bit about um, it's an identity thing. Yeah. If, if somebody says like oh, I like to do theater and uh, sometimes it, it's a hobby, then of course you're not a professional. But if somebody who does maybe a little, just a little bit more theater, but says this is what I am, this is what I do, mm. uh, and 
probably at some point gets paid. <laughs> so you can Quite. say like, I, I had got, have gotten paid sometime <laughs> to do this. So I am professional now. Sure. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's an important distinction to make because I think people can, some people can get paid a lot of money for performing very badly. Uh, oh yeah. And then you sure. get brilliant people who pros. just, yes. Um, without naming names, I don't know <laughs> if you, Saw the film version of Les Misérables. Oh yeah, singing version. Yeah, everybody okay. was on Russell Crowe's poor ass. I, I, I think, I think it was fine actually. Yeah, but I, I didn't mind him, but no, you know, no, mind was, exactly. I didn't. Mind I mean, him. there were some lovely moments in the film, and there were some moments that you know were, and I mean, how much budget did they not have? Mm, you know, so what, what, can, what you can do with money, which is wonderful. But and then of course you get people who are brilliant, and I've seen people. Um, in 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 drama training classes, who are absolutely brilliant, and you think, well, this guy, he he should mm, be, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. with the young Vic, he mm -hmm. should be doing Shakespearean monologues, yep. you know, and mm. it just hasn't happened for him. So I've I've come to the conclusion that it's it's not really how much money they pay you; it it's really the quality of the work you do. My my. Um, Director here in Malmö, he always says, an audience of one is still an audience. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. you can give the performance of your life, but that day it rained. Um, I don't know. I'm sure you have, Peter, been to El, um, Helsingør, Elsinore, mm, yeah. Kronborg Castle, yeah. where they put on Hamlet every year, yeah. various versions of. They fly them in from England and, yeah. and all sorts. And, and invariably, some of the nights get washed away in a rain-soaked, sodden thunderstorm. Mm. People have to go home. They sit there shivering mm. in mm. plastic max yeah. with wet feet. Mm. And the audience, the, the actors are yelling over the, the waves crashing. Mm. I mean, it's, mm. it's incredible. Yeah. And you think, well... Is it professional? Well, they are professional, but, mm -hmm. but I mean, the, the the performance can disintegrate into nothing, and it's mm. people don't get their money back because you know yeah. when you book the tickets, it's an it's an open air performance, yeah. and that's a risk you take. You're talking about being prof professional when you're doing it. Yes, it's this distinction between amateur and professional. I mean, where mm. where is where is the line? It's 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 mm. hard to say. You can get it is hard performance yeah. of your life, but nobody heard it because the rain was beating down. Mm. Um, yeah. But you're being professional in that moment because you're doing it. You're just okay. Yes. Let's do this. This is my job right now. Yes, that's. I would like to think so, and I, and I would like to think that that I try to be professional in 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 what I do. Mm. Oh, and you so, are. Well, <laughs> seriously, uh, I I saw a play, an outdoor play that a, a friend of mine uh, was acting in, and it was pouring down. Mm. And of course, we all rem still remember that. I mean, I certainly do. And it was just one moment. One of the actors was going to say something about her hands. And she was putting her hands out. And my hands are very wet. Because <laughs> it was like... It was, splashing. It was spl yeah, it was splashing like up to her face from the hands. Oh, it was wow. that, that heavy of a downpour. And she looked at us and we were cowering under like uh, tarps and stuff like that. And like... Are you still with us? And we were like, "Yep, good." And that's that was the only only breaking of character. That's fantastic. Yeah, but everybody, the makeup was running in the. Uh. <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's. But they did it. It's that's then that's the magic of theatre. Mm. It's, it's just wonderful. Mm. It's like romantic scenes, and now I'm don't have to do them so often. But when I was young, and you a lot of women's parts, are you play the girlfriend or the lover or yeah. you know the young wife. And it's it's as far from romantic as it can get, you know. As you say, with the with the makeup, and you can see it close up, literally dripping down in streaks, <laughs> yeah. in kind of uh, 
beige multicolored streaks on on the lapels mm, with, with the, mm. you know half a day stubble sprouting out and, mm. and some kind of skin rash from all the heavy makeup and mm, and it's mm, just mm. not attractive no. at all and you have to act for for all your life's yeah. worse that wouldn't work in film <laughs> no no well that's i'm ready for my close-up <laughs> <laughs> mr demille yeah exactly <laughs> um I noticed that you from um, you listed uh, workshops and uh, education uh, like uh, courses and stuff you've been doing, and uh, you've been doing a workshop with Declan Donnellan. Mm. How was that? Because I I read his book, uh, The Actor and the Target, mm, mm. which is a great book. Mm. Uh, one of my uh, acting theory teachers told us to read that, and I was happy that she did because uh, I yeah, it's one of my five as far as. I've read now is one of my top three mm-hmm. acting books, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, sure. it was great. So, how was that experience? It was it was great, um, fantastic. I, we were all in awe of him mm. because of who he is and the whole cheek by jowl theatre company he runs that tours the world. Mm. Um, is that in Russia? Well, it's 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 started in London, and he's got like a company in Paris, and he's got also uh, this this sort uh, of collaboration with. This Pushkin Theater in Moscow, correct? Okay, that was so. What I you're was right. So it's like an international, and they mm. tour and they do the most fantastic work. the The workshop was 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 fantastic, and to, mo- I think mostly, perhaps not so much because of what we learned, but because we got an insight into how he thinks and works. And he's one of the sort of greatest contemporary icons or figures of of um, contemporary theater theory. Yeah. So yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah. and mm. I also have his book, and I and mm. I was also I also. Um, have had it as one of the staples in my training. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it was one of the requirements. You couldn't actually attend the course unless you'd read his book. All right, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was basically a, a, um, a part of my education as well. I don't mm-hmm. think they had to read it, but it was a, mm. part of the curriculum. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, with that said, I mean, even though it's one of my favorite books, and I, I, I don't agree fully with any literature, any book, any method I mm-hmm. read about. I, I, I take the bits and pieces here and there and uh, sure. apply it to my own lack of a method, <laughs> let's say. Uh, so I, I probably don't agree with everything, but it's interesting to think about. And I think it's also, uh, always interesting to test, test out different methods of doing things uh one of his things you can't show anything he doesn't like showing like as an um uh, something you are aware of mm. I'm, now I'm, I'm going to show that i'm angry now you're just going to have to try to make some the other person do something and it probably results in anger because that's mm. what it's mm. written yeah and um he like he likened it to, yeah he likened it to he said uh, you can't show an emotion any more than you can defecate out of your ear and wow well okay i'm not that is that's kind of a controversial statement probably in Mm. the the acting world and i'm not sure i'm 100 with him on that Mm. one but what are your thoughts about it do you do you feel you have a method oh this is a good question um thank you (laughs) yes i think Declan donlan made us play a lot of games Mm -hmm. um where we had to react in the moment a fantastic game we 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 played was um one person was a secret spy uh-huh. and the rest of us were sort of ninjas or something. <laughs> and then the secret spy, we didn't know who it was. Uh, when that person winked at us, we had to kind of die in the most spectacular way we could think uh-huh. of. Yeah, okay. So it was just, just fantastic. And this, and that, it, so he made us react in the moment 
and I and mm-hmm. with these 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 games really. But at the same time, to ask you to die in the most spectacular way possible, then you would actually do something that's not natural. That's a showing, like oh, I'm dying. Quite. So that's... we always had to do it. Of course, we were all trained actors in the room, so we yeah. all tried to be really good. Obviously, mm-hmm. we tried yeah. to impress him and each other. You yeah. can imagine all the yeah. egos yeah. competing like mad. And of course, some people tried to be really inventive. You know, they were sort of covered in you know flesh eating acid or mm-hmm. nuclear waste or being burnt alive and all these things, which is hard to act <laughs> yeah, with no yeah. words, of course. Yeah. Just you know, just yeah. physical theatre. So it was amazing. And I think he was sort of trying to get us to. To think about reaction, but I it to answer your question, um, I also think there's no one method because no matter how I have been told that I'm an instinctive actor, mm-hmm. which is a compliment, I would say. Well, well, um, but I also believe that it's a process, and you have to figure out where you want to go, and then you have to figure out how to get there, mm. and then you at least the way I do it. But I, I have to plan how I'm going to do it, even though hopefully on stage during performance, you're so swept away by the the power and the enchantment of the world you've created that I don't stop to think even for a second that, oh, now I'm going to be angry. No. Emotion catches up with you and sweeps you away. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not believable. If you, I don't believe it myself mm. at one surface level, then the audience are not going to believe it either. Mm. But of course, at some point in my working process, I have decided, okay, yes, at this point I am going to be angry. Mm. And, of course, there's many ways to be angry. Yeah, and, of course, in theatre you have to dial it up to 11 mm. at the same time as it's supposed to be natural, yes. which is really hard. To me, who comes from like a film background, whenever I'm on stage, it's uh, I got to f- fight through <laughs> and rem- remind myself, that, okay, this is supposed to be natural, but also unnatural because I would never yell this loudly to the back row if you know I had this discussion with this person one meter or th- three feet away from me. Sure. So uh, it's, yeah, it's hard that kind of balance. Difficult, and I think there's so many factors to take into consideration. Um, mm. I think it's easy to make comfortable choices. I think once you, like you and I, have been acting for a while, mm. you know what you're good at, mm. and you have a kind of repertoire of I'm good at this, I'm good at that, I can make my voice do this and yeah. that, that's yeah, yeah, effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've yeah. done it before. Yeah. But that, of course, is the convenient choice, yeah. a first choice, yeah. an obvious choice, um, which is where you need a good director mm. who can say, okay, that we've seen before, or that doesn't work, mm-hmm. or as, as Jeremy Thomas Poulsen, it's his classic line, and he I work with him a lot in Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. He says, "Hmm." He says, "Make it interesting." <laughs> which means what, oh, that's he, good. He's it, very open ended. You know, which means what I'm giving him is not that interesting, which mm-hmm. is which is no good. So mm-hmm. he's a wonderful director. He's not a nice director. Yeah. And Annalisa Rossi, who's one of my directors here in Malmö, she's also lovely. She doesn't say because some directors are. Mm. Uh, they they are can be very nasty and can make you feel very small mm. and very miserable yeah. and can be very personal, which which I don't like. No, it's so, not that helpful. I no, think. it isn't. Um, but it, it's lovely. The people I'm working with now in the last couple of years are have just been lovely people, and they um, they don't make you feel bad about what you do. They just want to see what else you can do, how you can be better. Yeah, yeah. Um, Try something else. Yes, and mm. it's the uncomfortable choices and mm. that are often perhaps the best ones and and I think there's two things one is with perhaps my ideas about what I want to do with this moment and then of course the director has his ideas mm. I mean he may have a whole other vision of what he wants to achieve in this scene and mm. no matter how brilliant I may be at something mm. it's not right 
for him no. at that time. No. And then mm. my ego is not important. Yeah. Um, and of course, the other thing, and this you know as an actor, what you have inside doesn't necessarily always come out right. No, 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 it, no, no. It doesn't always come out. Doesn't doesn't come out at all. Sometimes it just comes out and and isn't interesting mm. or has the wrong effect. Yeah. Um, it's very subtle, yeah. and and of course, it's impossible. Like film is interesting because if you can see yourself on film, mm. you can make other choices. But mm. then, even if it's a big film set, you don't have that opportunity unless you're like, you know, Tom Hanks or Robert Downey Jr., where you actually perhaps can get to see the rushes. But otherwise, you and me, small cogs in a wheel. Well, I had I've had a, a lot of uh, uh, opportunities to to do that because today with the technology, they probably look at the take. Straight after, and there's monitors all over the place. You can so just you, go and look. Oh, uh, okay, that's okay. what I'm doing. Yeah. But <laughs> um, you get the chance then to change it if you want to. Sometimes. Yeah, because that's the thing. If there's time, and you can ask the director, like, can we do it again? Yeah. Mm, if there's time. Yeah, but it, the bigger the star you are, the more the you can more, say, you can decide. let's do it again. Come on. Yeah. Right. Or you do a lovely yeah. thing, and then they take it from the back, and yeah. all you see is your hair. But you said choices. Uh, I don't think. Uh, well, I may be misunderstanding his methods or whatever, but uh, I don't think Declan Donnellan would like choices because what I've come to understand, he would probably just like it to the other actor to give you something else or just think differently. And and I, I think, I guess it's the ideal situation if the director... D- doesn't tell you to well do more be more angry or d- be more sad or whatever and or yell louder sometimes that's you know probably something that needs to be done just to get somewhere especially if you're doing film and we got to yeah. get this take just do it more like this but mm-hmm. but more often it's probably better if they say well think more like this uh listen to that word she's saying to you mm. And how that does that make you feel? Yes. Now act on it. No, no, just react to that. Quite act and, 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 and get get to where he wants to. Want you? I, I'm saying him. I'm just saying. Sure. Uh, so, some generic director, uh, if he wants you to get there, uh, it's probably better to fool you into getting getting there in some way. So yeah. it's not a f- actual choice because that might be something you're able to see. Oh, that was something the actor decided to do. It's not made to do from. Uh, well, by if, if you can see it, then, it, then it's not a good choice. Obviously, if it becomes unnatural. No, but maybe you, maybe you can see choices more than the things that aren't actually a conscious choice, but something that just happens. Yeah. And um, and of course, all the more technical things like how you use your voice and mm. uh, the faces you make, because I. I still, I, I'm still learning. If I'm seeing uh, a take or a film I've done, and um, I can still say, uh, see like, oh shit, I'm still doing that thing that doesn't work on screen or mm. whatever. Uh, I got to remember to stop doing that. But of course, I can't consciously do that when I'm acting because then I would lose the moment. I wouldn't be there. Yeah. So I feel you have to train yourself. To have the correct voice, train yourself to have the correct postures, uh, faces, whatever, for that character as well, mm-hmm. and get out of doing your bad habits 
mm-hmm. train your train that away so you don't have to think about it anymore and you can just be in the moment when you're there and mm. uh not easy and of course the neutral mask it's it's to start from nothing mm-hmm. to take away all your own little idiosyncratic weird little habits yeah, yeah. Mm. um my neutral ma- mask is like really resting bitch face I, it's not good <laughs> <laughs> well we all have one mm. um and then and then to sort of build on top of that but of course it's it's easy we all slip into our little little idiosyncrasies and i think if you watch very famous actors if you watch um dustin hoffman mm. he's always dustin hoffman in one way mm. um, even though of course he transforms himself and he's brilliant yeah. even robert de niro who also trans they are masters of the method but yet the, yeah, they're with, both method actors right they are they yeah, are yeah. but they absolutely they're yeah. fantastic uh stanislav stanislavski but they but they're still always them. And, and to be honest, I think the thing we talked about being famous and, and how not interesting that is. Mm. But of course, when you pay a lot of money to a star, to be a star, it's also because people want to see that person. So they want to see something yeah. of them. Yeah. I mean, if you put them in, I don't know, Phantom of the Opera and cover them up completely with a mask, it's no good saying, mm. you know, it's Tom Hanks underneath because mm-hmm. well, we can't mm-hmm. see him. No. So th- th- it's it's a fine line. Um, mm. Of course, if you are Judy Dench, who tends to always look like Judy Dench, but she's always mm. brilliant and believable in whatever she does. Yeah. But she has one of those faces. She looks the way she yeah. does. She's yeah. always believable. I, 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 I think she's such a genuine actor. Exactly. Yeah, very genuine. Um, yeah. And so that's also what we want to see when we see Judy Dench. And I think if people come to see a play I'm in, they don't want to see Vanessa. That's not interesting at all. They want to they, see the character. Yeah. They want absolutely. Mm-hmm. They want to see the, these 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 people inhabiting this world. Mm. So uh, far, so, well, yeah. and that's my job. Yeah. In a give, couple of years, maybe they want to go see Vanessa. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but if I can give them an interesting person uh, in this in this mm. glimpse of a, of another world, it's 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 fascinating. Mm. You ask me what I do, and occasionally, if I have a, a, a very difficult scene or a couple of lines, and I don't know what to do with them, I do actually record myself saying mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. on my phone, mm-hmm. and I listen to it just to hear it. And I record it flat, and I record it a couple of different ways just to hear it, yeah. to that so that because sometimes as I'm sure you know this. Sometimes a line you just know what to do with it. It's golden. Yep. It's a moment yep. you think, yep. "Oh, I'm going to fly with it," and yep. you, and you throw it out the writ rehearsal, and mm-hmm. everyone and it works and it lands, yep. and everyone and the director. If, if the director says nothing, you know you're safe. Mm-hmm. You're home, mm-hmm. fine, mm-hmm. wonderful. Let's go have lunch. Yeah. <laughs> then the other bits, and then and then I feel it's normally because I'm. It's normally because I'm unsure, because I don't know why I'm doing it or what I'm doing with it. Mm-hmm. I have un- unanswered questions, and then I like to listen to it and think, okay, well, what, what, what? And I'm not listening to me. I'm listening to the moment. I'm thinking, what the hell am I doing here? Why, why is she saying this? What does this mean? And and then I try it fifty different ways, and I think, oh, that all sounds crap. Mm. You know, there's obviously something else I'm missing here. Mm. Um, and eventually, you kind of, kind of get to it. Um, I'm 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 good at moving on stage. Mm-hmm. I have some dance training. And mm-hmm. I'm fast with my body. Mm-hmm. Um, that helps me. But I'm also a very small person, mm-hmm. very short. So I'm always a little bit conscious that I feel I have to attain some sort of stature, fight a little bit for that place on stage because I'm so small compared to the other actors. So somebody who's very tall, yeah. you know, because a, you always look bigger on stage. Oh, don't you? You lovely man. Thank you. I well, I, I I feel that when I see a, a, a stage play, I'm like, oh, these people are big, you know, mm. but then you maybe you meet them and like, oh, no, they're not. It's <laughs> some some true. kind of visual um, true trick, true trick. Yeah, true, true. That's true. And actually many, many actors are not very tall, some mm, are, uh, yeah, but yeah. many are short. Mm. Anyway, um, 
so I think one is, as you said, it's difficult to be an actor where all one's insecurities come out. And I'm not very happy with singing. And occasionally mm -hmm. I do have to sing for a role and I agonize over it. Mm. And I actually, for Elsie Norms Macbeth, I actually had to sing a little song. Mm. Um, and it's one thing to sing in chorus in panto, which I've done 50 times. Mm. And this is another thing to sing on your own, accompanied by a little ukulele as a horny Yorkshire middle-aged witch um, <laughs> seduce Macbeth on the heath. Okay. It's a completely different thing. Yeah. Singing Perry Como's magic moments. Right. Okay. In, in a Yorkshire accent. So in in fact that summer when we were working with the with the play and I was in London for the summer and I actually took um a couple of workshops just in singing for actors purely to make myself feel more confident about this particular thing. Mm. And funnily enough, um I agonized over it. And people loved it. And then when eventually when we finished performing and we took it to, to Jersey and England and we performed it in different places in Roskilde and in Copenhagen mm -hmm. and, and it was a great fun and it was all over. And then Jeremy said, oh, we filmed one of the nights just to have as a record. And I remember fast forwarding to the song bit and, mm -hmm. and then watching it. And I remember thinking, wow, it's really good. Mm. And not because I'm a good singer, it just worked beautifully yeah, yeah. and I was so surprised because I thought all oh, those sleepless nights and the agonizing and the pain and the sweat and I and mm, I got a girl mm. to choreograph the little moves and 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 it was so much work for this these two little verses and, and Jens who's my co-star mm. I can't think of a better word co-worker -co uh, is a musician mm -hmm. he's a lovely singer plays electric guitar plays blues mm. Uh, crooning, and so he play, he strummed on the ukulele, and I'm prancing around like this kind of drunken hippopotamus <laughs> in, in Yorkshire. It's just dreadful, and and um, I always half envied him during the scene because I thought, and I said, look, why don't you sing the bloody song? Because you're a singer, and and they mm, all they mm. all said, no, 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 this is your moment. This yeah, is part of the yeah. you have to deliver. Mm. And so I don't know why why am I saying this? I think after all that, perhaps. The result is the amount of work you put into it. Yeah. Um, but it still killed me. Mm -hmm, mm. I find that the things that I am self-conscious about, uh, things that uh, it's things that I'm not good at and I don't like that I'm not good at them. So I work, I work on them mm. and I, I decide to, to do them even though I, it's not my, my thing for some reason. I mean, I don't, for for the longest time, I really hated my voice and I didn't like how oh, really? I, yeah, and now I'm doing this, you know. You have a lovely voice. Oh, thank you. But I really had to work on it and uh, I still like, oh shit, now I'm doing that again, you know. So it's still, uh, yeah. and uh, singing at the same time, I love to sing. It's one of my passions. I sing all day through when I'm, you know, alone, alone and I like to record myself and everything, but I, I don't like my singing voice. But oh, no. I, but I still do it. I just need to get better. You're a musician. Yeah, and some things I'm not good at, and I found that out. And then I, I but I'm fine without being good at that, and I just stop it. You know. Uh, but I like um, to uh, challenge myself. I uh, I even uh, last year I actually went to uh, an open audition at the Malmo Opera, uh, where they had like a musical theater audition mm -hmm. to, for. For actors who also can sing, mm -hmm. 
because uh, musical theaters around the the country, uh, their directors came here to see what what do we have on offer, and okay. I was like, okay, let's do it. And I, I I know I'm not that level of a singer, and uh, so I got a, a musical ed- trained singer uh, friend of mine to you know train me <laughs> a yeah. couple of couple of days and. And he was pushing me to do the hardest songs. Like, of course, you you should do Phantom of the... No, no, what, what is it? Yeah, Music of the Night, yeah. Music of the Night. Which is so hard. hard the, the, the range is crazy. And, and I was like, uh, maybe I should do the, the easier one. Maybe that from... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I have yeah, birthday. Yeah, yeah. No, no, do this, do this. Uh, no, th- there was like... 10 different songs you could choose from. Oh, so, I see. Yeah, I, see. So I, had to, I was thinking maybe to, to do uh, from uh, Chicago uh, that uh, Mr. Cellophane instead. But no, he was like, no, that's not you. You should do this. And of course, I messed it up when I was on stage, but I still did it. And I'm kind of happy that I did it, even though I felt totally shell shocked afterwards and had these blank faces staring at me like, what the hell is he doing here? <laughs> but I want to work on it. I want to be better at it. And you know half pretend that you are better at it and just yeah but i think that 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 i think it's fantastic you you tell this story you know the 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 embarrassing moments the failure of audition the Mm. the things one is not good at it's most of them are those well i i think people don't realize how brave one has to be extremely you have to be afraid to not only go out and make a fool of yourself but but be be trashed and 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 criticized and and you're only ever as good as your last thing Mm. saying I sang brilliantly 10 years ago mm. or I looked lovely when I was 19 mm. it, that's gone it, mm. it's hither here and now yeah. and we can't always be brilliant sadly <laughs> no and I, but I think it's fantastic that you did that and mm. and how one grows how one stretches I I I think it's I'm a firm believer in in um in, in development, mm, self-development, mm, mm, but as, yeah. as, a, as a mother, as a, as a person, as a as, as a Yeah, performer. as a person, yeah. And, uh, and Try to be better all the time. Absolutely. Through, throughout the life. You know, absolutely. Life, lifetime, yeah. I mean, I always think I, I, I know what I know. I mean, I know what I can do. Mm. What's interesting is what I, what I, what I can't do, what, what I still don't know I can do. And that's why I think training is so important. And mm. I try with Theaterverbundet or, or the Danish equivalent yeah. to go is to training classes when I can mm. because... You always learn, you know, and you push yourself yeah. and you... Train yourself and tra- train with coaches and... Yeah, yeah and other people. And yeah, other, other people, people, yeah. Bring out other other things in you. Yeah. Um, in, in Venus and Fur, that's on in a couple of weeks, mm. uh, Alex uh, Lehman, who, who plays opposite me, mm. is a physically... Physical actor, physical yeah. trained. Yeah, I've seen him in action. He's amazing. He's Lecoq trained. Yes, that's right, which is this sort of French school of very much physical theatre. Right. You know, where you play animals and writhe around on the floor and, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. And puppetry. I see. And, I saw him do a puppet uh, thing uh, at the, the, ah, the, the, the hit workshop. Yeah. Yes. And that was, we, nobody was uh, prepared for it. He was like, is it possible to get a sturdy table and a chair? Okay. And he got a sturdy table and a chair and then he... Just did a thing with a puppet who just showed up uh, from uh, beneath the table, and he started fighting it. So it, the puppet actually threw him onto the table. <laughs> it was really cool. That's fantastic. Yeah, and well, that precisely illustrates the point. And and he he plays against me in in, Ale- in mm. Venus and Fur, mm. uh, and he brings a whole other dynamic to the role uh-huh. as a physical actor. Mm. There's one point when I'm on supposed to be on the mobile phone talking to my so-called significant other and he comes kind of charging at me uh and 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 kind of 
hunts me around the stage, mm. prowling after me in a circle while he's trying to eavesdrop my 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 conversation. And it and it's this 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 heavy breathing physical presence, you know, mm. down on yeah. me. And I mean, I never imagined the scene this way at all. I just thought I would do my little monologue on the on the on mobile phone mm. and then carry on the dialogue. Mm. So he's, this is physical presence, and it's that is the the joys of working with a physical theatre actor. Yeah. Which and so things you get from from your colleagues that you would never dream of. Yeah. But he's got something. I mean, uh, when I saw him do that, I or immediately thought he, he's going to go places. We're going to know about you know know who he is in a couple of years. So uh, yeah. I got to come see. You. Yeah, good. <laughs> oh, really? Good. Uh, so, so when are you uh, doing that? Twenty second and twenty third September. Mm. Friday night, Saturday night, uh, Bastionen. It's just opposite Malmo Central Station. Yeah. All right. So if you happen to be in the area, then <laughs> you know what you're doing. One of those nights. Yep. Vinifa. Uh, yeah, and there's still uh, tickets available. Yes. Mm. But they're going fast. They're going. Yeah, I, I guess so. Especially since it's just two two nights. Would you uh, be open to adding more dates if it would be, um, uh, you know, that popular? Uh, well, it's a question of performing rights with the agent. Oh, of course, yeah, so, you have to pay for every, and they uh, have to mm. agree. So, mm. but we we did play it for almost a month in in Copenhagen. So we mm. we we love this play. Yeah. All right. We never know how to finish these things, so uh, let's just end it. Okay. Thank you so much, Peter. No, thank you for coming. I hope to work with you one day. Oh, me too, yeah. Bye. All right, thanks for listening, and I hope you'll be back for the next episode, which will be out in two weeks. Until then, support your local theater. <laughs>